Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. This weekly podcast features three questions answered by international expert Tracy Cox, the author of 17 books, including her most recent book, Great Sex Starts at 50. In fact, if you want that book, you can go to chroniclebooks.com and use promo code GREATSEX at checkout for 30% off. So if you want Tracy's latest book, Great Sex Starts at 50, Enter Great Sex at checkout on chroniclebooks.com. Now, enjoy our three questions. And if you want to submit your own questions, go to zibbyowens.com slash sex and anonymously enter questions you'd like Tracy to answer. Now, enjoy. Get excited. And if you find you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Write a review. It all helps. And if you really love the way I do this podcast, check out Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight plus Wake Up and Write for more podcast fun. Hi, Tracy. How's it going? All right. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I hear you have some announcements for for our listeners and our question givers. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say that when people write in with questions, and lots of people are writing in with questions, don't be scared to leave detail. Like everyone's been really, you know, like very quick questions and not much detail. It really helps for me to be able to know the circumstances around everything, how old you are, maybe how long you've been married or how long the problem's been going on in order to answer the question properly. So we can always edit it down for the show. So we're not going to give away any details that, you know, if you talk about your cat or something, we're not going to give away details that that would let people know who you are. But it really does help me if people leave a little bit of detail. Okay. And and you can answer enter your questions at zibbyowens.com slash sex. And there's a little empty form you can fill out and Tracy gets your questions right away. And she'll either answer them here on our show or she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write, which is a medium publication. So you can just Google that or it's on my website links there. So you can get your questions answered in, in lots of ways. Lots of details, please, everybody. <laughs> Okay. So Tracy's going to answer three more fantastic questions for us today. Again, these are anonymous. These are not questions from me or anybody I know or anything like that. Okay. Ready? Question number one, I'm married and having an affair with a man who is also married. I know it's wrong, but I'm addicted to the sex. Is it so wrong to continue? Who are we hurting if no one finds out? Mm. Now, listen, over the years, I have had this leveled at me so many times by both men and women. And I'm not going to preach about that it's actually not very sisterly or sisterhoodly to be sleeping with somebody else's husband, but I'll just leave that to you. But what I am going to talk about is how it affects your marriage and what the harm it can do to your marriage. So essentially what you're doing is you're having your cake and you're eating it too, aren't you? You've got the lovely security and comfort of a long-term relationship and you're making up for the excitement that long-term relationships often lack by having an erotic affair. 
So everyone gets why you're doing it. And everyone at some point in their lives is probably tempted to do it because it seems like a very logical way to solve the problem of boredom, sexual boredom in a long-term relationship. And the other thing is, is that we all know also that affairs make us feel alive. They make us feel appreciated. They make us feel sexy. You know, we can reinvent ourselves with an affair and be, perhaps become somebody that we don't want to be with our partners anymore. You know, the sex is fantastic. And also the, the assumption that you have less sex with your partner if you're having an affair isn't true. Often people find that their desire for sex is completely revitalized across the board and they end up having more sex with their partner. So there are some positive effects. And so going back to your question, who is it hurting if no one finds out? And herein lies the problem because never assume that you're not going to get found out because people nearly always do. 65% of adulterers get found out. And the reason they get found out is technology. The more ways we have to communicate, the more chances you've got of getting found out. And the thing is that if you really want to get away with an affair, you can do it. And you do that by not telling anyone else, never keeping a text, never keeping a photo, never keeping an email, never keeping any communication at all. And no one is capable of doing that. For a start, half the you know excitement of having an affair is telling your friends or your best friend anyway. The other reason is that, you know, those text messages, those calls, those photos, they, they make you feel good. They make you feel sexy. It's all part of the excitement of it all. So, and also, what happens is what you start what started out as sex sometimes you start to develop feelings for the person so that's another reason why you keep them so everyone leaves evidence and this is the problem now another thing I always say to people who say what's the harm you know like no one's going to find out well okay they will find out for start and then I want a really good exercise for people who say there's nothing wrong with having an affair is to picture your partner's face when they find out because they well might find out Picture it. Just imagine what they're going to look like. All the hurt, the betrayal, the, the shock, the disbelief, the, the anger, the, the disappointment, just the devastation written all over your partner's face. Now, how harmless does it feel now imagining that? Imagine your kids. You don't say whether you've got kids, but if you do have kids, imagine them being told, well, daddy says that mummy went and had an affair and that's why we're not going to stay together anymore and we're going to be broken up as a family. You are risking everything. If you think that you know, what's the harm? No one could get hurt. Well, plenty of people can get hurt. You're putting it all on the line. And the other thing, of course, is that if, in fact, you do get found out and your partner decides to stay with you, one of the most destructive things about affairs is the fact that you've lied. I mean, Zibby, I cannot tell you the amount of times that people have said to me, look, I could get over the affair, I could understand that, but I couldn't deal with the fact that he just looked at me straight in the face and lied. Lying is really, really hard to get over with. The other reason why it's not good to get any needs, really, that you should be getting satisfied by your marriage met elsewhere, is that you don't ever fix it. So obviously, sex with your partner isn't that exciting. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking elsewhere to satisfy that itch. Now, by satisfying that itch elsewhere, you're never going to turn towards your partner and say, look, our sex life's got really boring. How can we fix it? So you stop fixing it if you're going to get your needs met elsewhere. The bottom line, of course, though, is your personal morals. Now, if you can listen to all of this and go, you know what? She hasn't said one thing that's made me change my mind, well, then so be it. But very few people, bar sociopaths and psychopaths, <laughs> 
actually seeing nothing wrong in cheating. You know, the most, the sleaziest womanizer still knows that he's doing wrong. And the thing is that if you're close to your partner, and just because you're having an affair doesn't mean that you don't love your partner, by the way. It does mean you don't respect them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't love them. If they're looking into your eyes, and I defy anyone who's having an affair to look straight into their partner's eyes with no guilt showing in there. And instincts are very strong with things like this. So your partner starts to suspect something's going wrong. They start looking for evidence and it all unravels. And one final thought, just be aware also, an affair takes two people. You can control what you're doing, but you have no control over what your lover is doing. You don't know how much of the stuff he's keeping on his phone. You don't know what his wife's like. Is she going to go looking? Is she going to come knocking on your front door? So don't kid yourself that you're not risking everything because you absolutely are. Oof. Tell us (laughs) what you really think. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was interested that you said that if you have an affair, it means that you still, you can still love your partner, but you can't respect them. Tell me about Mm -hmm. that. That that is the case. I mean, the fact is you are betraying a vow if you, you you commit to monogamy, most people when they marry. I mean, the other thing people do is that, you know, they can go and approach their partner and say, okay, look, I'm loving you, not liking the sex. And how do you feel about opening up the relationship? That is the truly honest way to handle it if you really don't want to remain monogamous anymore. But you are betraying your partner. And I think it is about respect. I mean, the thing about affairs as well is, and it's to do with respect, is that it may makes your partner look really stupid because you're sitting there after having had an affair and you're watching them and they're going, oh, did you have a nice day, darling? You're thinking, oh, yes, I had a lovely day, darling. Secretly thinking I've been off shagging the plumber or the whoever else you're shagging and it makes them look stupid in your eyes. So you lose respect for them as well. It's, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. And I'm not saying that people who have affairs are bad because happy people have affairs as well, which we've talked about on the show. But I think you really are kidding yourself that it it always hurts somebody. And most of all, it can hurt you because you might turn around in about two years' time, regret it horribly and just feel so bad and have to carry that around because there's no point in confessing an affair because the only person that makes feel better is you. You know, so I wouldn't confess an affair if I got away with it and the person didn't know. I don't see any point to that. Hmm. All right. Perhaps you're looking (laughs) depressed, Sydney. I know. Okay. All right. Here's question number two. (laughs) Ever since I had a baby, sex is painful for me. It's making me dread sex. I don't want to talk to my doctor because I'm too embarrassed. Right. Well, you've had four kids, Zippy. This is not my question. Stop. I know. No, 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 no. I know that. I didn't mean that. I know it's not your question. But what I meant is that I, I have little experience with this. So this is all research on my part. And I have to say, I am completely in awe of anyone who has given birth to a baby and then has sex afterwards. Because I think, I'd imagine the pain with that would just make me want to cross my legs and never have sex again. Also, the energy that a little child takes to look after. I'm just in awe of anyone who wants to have sex anytime soon after having a baby. Now, I wish I could tell this person that they do not need to see their doctor, but you have to see a doctor. And the reason why you have to see a doctor is whenever you have pain with intercourse or with sex, you have to go and get a physical examination because there might be something going on in there. It could be that you started having sex too early. I mean, I 
I think most people get signed off by their doctor, don't they? And it's about six weeks after, set after childbirth. And it, but it very much depends on the person. From what I could figure, if you've had a tear, if you've had an episiotomy, vaginal infections can start if they're still on the go. You've got to wait for postpartum bleeding to stop. There are many reasons why you might not be able to commence sex after six weeks. As for the embarrassment factor, look, it's the most natural thing in the world having a baby. And this is just a consequence of that. If you're too embarrassed to see your doctor because you know him really well or her really well, just see another doctor. If you don't want to see a doctor because it's a man, see a female doctor. And you don't have to go into great explanation. Just say to the receptionist, look, I've got a really intimate female problem. I'd much prefer to talk to X, you know, a woman or another doctor because I'm just embarrassed with them. And they've heard this a million billion times. So please see your doctor. The other thing is I really hope that even if you haven't seen your doctor, that you have been speaking to your partner about this and not just gritting your teeth and getting through it because that would just be absolutely awful. Now, practical ways. I think number one, you have to feel normalized and reassured about it. Like it does feel tender, anything from tender to shoot through the roof pain, apparently, after childbirth. And another reason why is that estrogen is suppressed, especially if you're breastfeeding, which can make you feel a little bit drier and, you know, sex becomes much more uncomfortable. Stitches, internal stitches, you've got to make really careful not to put pressure on those. So you need to avoid deep penetration. So you need to choose positions where penetration is very shallow. That might be a good position, I think, might be side by side or you on top, though, you on top tends to appeal to confident people. I'm getting the impression you may be not so confident. So that might fix it. Talking about stitches, oh gosh, that just reminded me of something. One of my friends who just had a baby and just had sex for the first time and, of course, came over and told me about it, he said, Zimmy, he said that it felt like he was putting his hand in a cutlery drawer with all the knives turned up. And I thought, oh, my God. And I was thinking, if that feels like that for you, what must it feel like for her? So I'd imagine, I mean, you're not saying a word, but I'd imagine that it can't be difficult. So lube in the right position might fix it. But if you have a significant tear, it could take months. And in fact, one study that I found said that nearly all women who have given birth had pain during sex for up to six months after. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's a long time. So you are not alone. So be kind to yourself. Talk to your partner, explain to him, you know, why you're, you're, that it does hurt and you're feeling in pain. Relax before sex if you have time. And I know time's precious when you've got a baby. You know, have a bath, have a little massage. Make sure there's enough foreplay. Make sure you're fully aroused. If there isn't any time for any of this, 
skip penetration until you are feeling better and just have oral sex or use some sex toys or, you know, maybe talk about low effort sex options that you can have. But most of all, I would say you really need to be emotionally ready because when something's being painful, your body tenses up and the penis at the moment is a big enemy to your body. So so it's going to see that coming and go, no, thank you. Don't come anywhere near me. So you must have an imagination. You must have an examination. And the other reason, and then you must be kind to yourself and just wait until you're ready. The other thing that I read that can cause pain is if there's some scar tissue around the tear can cause pain, or if you've been stitched up and they've stitched you too tightly. And I've heard that that is quite common, which again, horrifies me, the thought of that. (laughs) Well, I had um, all C-sections, FYI. Oh, did you? Yes. So, and I, but I still remember my doctor saying she, when I went for that six weeks appointment and she was like, okay, you're cleared for sex. And she's like, would you like me to tell you that you're not cleared? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that many, I mean, six weeks after going through all that pregnancy then and then having a young baby around, oh my God, I would, I think I'd want sex for about a year. What about people, maybe listeners who haven't had kids, but are experiencing pain and are too embarrassed to talk about it to their doctor? Well, again, I mean, pain is a, is nature's warning sign. It could be something wrong. You know, so you have to start it all by going to see your doctor and having a physical examination. And I, I know that some people get really funny about it, but you just have to, you just have to do that. For you. It could be something really, you know, bad. You know, pain is an indication of things. And I, it normally isn't pain on intercourse is generally things like, it's normally post-menopause and it's generally either you've got a cervix that's easily hit, you're not lubricating properly, you're not getting aroused enough before having sex. Sometimes people are just really weird matches. Sometimes, you know, I mean, for instance, I've got a cervix, which is in a weird position. And I went out with a man who had a very strangely shaped penis and it just was an awful match is to hit the wrong spot every time it was like wow something's telling us not to get together so it can be so many different things it can be not enjoying sex much it can be so many different things but you should always always make sure the first thing you do is get a physical examination well I'm curious as to what shape you were <laughs> dealing with how many shapes could there be but okay it's just it wasn't so much a shape it was an angle it was a bit banana-y. okay <laughs> like bendy bendy imagine a bend uh, and then sort of went upwards it was the strangest thing I've ever seen actually again <laughs> <laughs> too much information but it just goes to show isn't it that you can just have a bad match and other things in that relationship were great but it was a bit uncomfortable for him I'm sure as well because you know I certainly wasn't saying that's great honey I was (laughs) saying that's hurting honey (laughs) oh my gosh okay third question I think I'm asexual and I don't want to be I wish that I wanted to have sex as much as my friends do am I really asexual or am I just afraid to be intimate how do you tell the difference now, here's what I really could have done with a bit of detail, like age, like have you had sex before and didn't like it? Or, I mean, I'm guessing from that, I don't know what you think, Sophie, but I'm guessing from that that the person's young, maybe hasn't even had sex yet, and or if they have, it's not too much of it, and that they're just worried because obviously they're, I don't even know if your friends have had sex as well, but, you know, it could be that you're all quite young and your friends are like, can't wait to try sex and you're very hesitant about it. I thought, um, so I I thought it, the person might be older, but what do I know? I was thinking you? they were like, I don't know, in their 50s or something, but what do, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Really? I don't you're probably yeah. right. It hadn't occurred to me that they would be really young. But it well, does- I'm trying to look at it from other, yeah, it doesn't, the, the answer is pretty much 
the same, I suppose, <laughs> no matter what. Now, I, asexuality is very rare. It, it occurs in about 1% of the population. And there's an absolutely brilliant website for anyone who's thinking about this or grappling with asexuality, and it's simply called asexuality.org. And this is their definition of asexuality. So and it's, a sexual person is a person who does not experience sexual attraction. Unlike celibacy, which is a choice, asexuality appears not to be. Just because someone is asexual, it doesn't mean they don't want an intimate relationship. Asexuals are attracted to people. They just don't feel the urge to act on it sexually, which is quite interesting. So you could feel romantically drawn to somebody. You could even want to cuddle or kiss them. You just don't want to take it through to sex. So that's what an asexual person is. So I strongly advise getting on that website, having a look around, see if it speaks to you. But there was something that the website did point out, which I thought really does put you heavily down, I think, into the category of fear of intimacy rather than asexuality. And that's that most asexuals don't see anything wrong with with not wanting to be sexual. They don't see that as a problem. Whereas you've written to me and said, I actually don't like this. I do want to be sexual. Which leads me to think about, okay, so all these friends that you talk about, whether they're young or whether they're old, what are they? What's different about them and different about you? What was their backgrounds? What was their upbringing? What were their parents like? What messages did they get about sex? How much do they know about sex? Are they sexually educated? Have they had lots of experience and you haven't had lots of experience? So are you fearful of intimacy because, you know, you, you don't know much about it? You know, how much do you know about your body? All those sort of things are really important. Have you had a sexual trauma in the past that's maybe put you off having sex again? All of these things are really important. So try and really pin down those factors of what separates you from your friends. I'd definitely go on the website and see whether it speaks to you. And by the way, if it does, there's loads on there of what to do next. If you do think that you're asexual and how to talk to future partners, et cetera. But if it doesn't, I think then you act on those points. You talk to your friends. Well, you know, can you talk to me? My parents told me this. How do you feel? What were you brought up with? Maybe you need to, if you need to see a counsellor or a therapist about it, maybe one or two sessions could help. And or go online, educate yourself about your body, buy some good sex books and, and really sort of investigate what's going on here. And also don't underestimate the right partner because you really do need somebody who's going to put no pressure on you. They're going to take their time. They're going to make you feel safe. And then if you're with that person, it might just feel like the most natural thing in the world to progress onto sex. So that would be my advice there. It's quite an interesting question because, you know, I don't, I get lots of sexual questions, but very few from people who think they're asexual. I've only ever had that asked me once before in the whole time. And here it came. There you go. Yes. I mean, who knew? Absolutely. (laughs) You've been very quiet today, Zippy. Am I? I'm sorry. I feel like I've just been like (laughs) processing all your information. To be honest, I'm still hung up on when you said 65% of people get Get found out from having affairs because I honestly would have thought it would be higher than that. And then I was thinking, no. well, maybe it wouldn't be higher. Maybe it should. Maybe I would have thought it would be lower, or maybe it's about right. I don't know. I'm still like I think that's over about that whole right. conversation. <laughs> and also, 39% of people get caught with text. 20, 20% of people get, 22% get caught with emails. So it's text or emails. And very few get people, uh, people get spotted. So obviously people are quite clever about meeting places where people don't find them. But it is an interesting, it is an interesting thing. And I probably come out and I think I've told you this before that my dad had an affair for 10 years so I'm really funny about tell me then 
didn't I? Well, he did. And I ended up a really jealous person. All, all myself and my two siblings, so jealous. I ended up having to go and get therapy about it. Jealous, so jealous. of the jealous of jealous of who? My partner, whoever I went out with. Because my dad, like, you know, it was 10 years. He had basically had another family on the go. And it leaves your kids. You know, I was 15 when he left. So that had been going for a long time. And, and it, you know, it, it, when your parents do stuff like that, it really does leave you with some bad messages. I mean, to be fair to him, he loved her and they're still together now. But it wasn't very nice seeing your father lie, knowing that your father's lied to you. And so, yeah, I didn't trust anyone for years and years and years. It took me ages. So it does do awful things. And that's the other thing. If you, you know, the person who wrote in and said, you know, like, how am I harming anyone? Well, if you do have kids, you're harming your kids because if that gets found out, then they're going to end up like me and end up having to process all this stuff. Mm. So no one's blameless with all this. I mean, we've all been tempted. I mean, I've had an affair, not when I was married, but I've certainly cheated before. We've all been guilty of it. But, you know, it's, it's something that I think we should all take quite seriously. Well, that explains, because I, I felt like there was a lot of emotion behind your answer. And now I understand why, because there's a personal, it was a personal affront as well. And P.S., my parents split up when I was 14 as well. So. I did that. Yeah. I have. Wow. Uh, Affairs or? I'm not. No, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? My dad's never going to listen to this, so yours might. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It's not very nice I mean, when your parents split up when you're young. Leaves you in all sorts of weird places. Of course now, I feel, want but like I got a divorce and I have kids. So I know yeah, I got a divorce. I'm feeling, you know, just, you know, is it divorce in general that causes? No, I, I, don't know. I absolutely don't think that. No, I don't think it's divorce in general at all. And I know parents who, I know people who split up who had affairs and it hasn't even affected the kids because they dealt with it correctly. So I'm sure that you, I, mine was not dealt with correctly and I'm sure, and you can deal with it. People make mistakes, you know, like it's not, you know, you're not a bad person if you have an affair. Things happen. Sometimes you're in a really crap relationship and you have an affair. And in that scenario, I don't blame anyone. You know, so no, I'm absolutely not coming down and saying everybody who has an affair is a bad person or you should never have an affair and you ruin your kids or divorce won't ruin your kids. In fact, divorce, I mean, I get really angry about people who say that you should stay together for the kids because if it's a toxic, horrible relationship, it's far worse for the kids. You know, I mean, I, I've got friends whose parents did stay together and they're still together now. And they, they've come out far worse than I ever did because of that. <laughs> so don't worry I about feel like it. you came out okay. You you seem great. <laughs> oh, God, 59, aren't I? You think I'm sorting myself out by now from this time. <laughs> yeah, no, it does make, actually, it, it urges you on. It makes you question relationships and question sex and question life, which is never a bad thing for anyone, is it? Very true. So Tracy, what's your sex tip of the week? Sex tip of the week is, I've got it then, don't expect your partner to be a mind reader. This is something that I think we we do, we, we're all guilty of this and that we think our partner loves us, they know us quite well sexually after we've been together a while, but they don't have a crystal ball. They don't know how you feel that particular day, what you're in the mood for. So talk, talk, talk. Just make sure you tell your partner what your needs and wants are. And, and I think we get worse at this as time goes on. So even if you've been together for 20 years, don't feel like your partner knows everything because your bodies change and people's needs and wants change. So always talk about it. Excellent. That's the tip. Well, this has been very thought provoking. I feel like this is more of like a, you know, the affair question was more of an emotional, it, it has so many layers. It's not just a sexual yeah. question, but it's never all just about sex affairs. Everyone I thinks agree. about sex. They're never just about sex. That's true. 
Well, thank you, Tracy. And thank thanks you. everybody for listening. And don't forget to send us your questions to zippyowens.com slash sex. And you can check out the medium column at moms don't have time to write. And please listen and rate and review and do all that good stuff. <laughs> Great. See you all next right. week. We'll talk to you next week, Tracy. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. If you want more, listen to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff that helps this podcast get on the charts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.